Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. So if you guys are anything like me and you struggle with allergies, raise your hand because I am right there with you. I get super itchy throat, itchy ears, and I sneeze like a crazy woman. And it really does prevent me from wanting to take my daily walks with my husband. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It is designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongests your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, and an itchy nose and sinus congestion and pressure with an ease, which is a exactly what I need. So I have been using them anytime that I have allergies, which has been many, many times. I have found that it has definitely helped me so much where I can go outside again and enjoy my day. So if you guys are ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it is time to live Claritin Clear. It is fast and powerful relief. It's just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Modesty is such a hard topic to talk about because a friend that gossips about you is a, is a horrible poopy friend. Okay, this question is sex before marriage or wait. You're sharing your man with another girl. Red flags in friendships. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to Happy and Healthy. I am your host, Janine Amapolo Ward, and happy Tuesday, you guys, if you're listening on a Tuesday. If you don't know, I drop these every single Tuesday, so Tuesdays just got better, baby. And I just love this podcast so much. I love hanging out with you guys, and so I hope you guys are enjoying season five thus far. If you're not watching the YouTube, which I feel like you should, it's just so fun, or even the Spotify spot. Spotify, you can watch and YouTube. I feel like it's so much more fun watching the episodes and just interacting and just hanging out with me. So if you're not, make sure you guys go subscribe because we do have a YouTube. So I um, also want to announce something really, really freaking fun. So Caleb, my husband, uh, we just launched a Patreon. Yes. Oh my gosh. We're so excited. We're actually filming the first episode today. And if you don't know what that is, Patreon is essentially a membership uh, platform where you guys are going to be getting exclusive extra content from us every single month. To be exact, you'll be getting a Q&A and you'll also be getting one extra episode from my husband and I and a live Bible study once a month from me on Patreon. So go check out the link down below. I will have it for you guys so you guys can sign up. I really think this is going to be such an amazing, fun thing for you guys and for us just to connect with you more. And we're going to have more content for you guys on there. So we launched a Patreon that's super exciting. I'm also currently working, not working, that it's, that's just not a word. Um, working on merch for you guys. And so stay tuned, but we are in the works of merch and we're trying to make sure we get all the stuff that you guys want and like, and that you guys just feel like this is something you'd want to buy. So I'm aiming for around April to have that launched. So stay tuned for some fun updates. Um, this past weekend was really fun. We went to if gathering and that's a women's conference founded by Jenny Allen. And I just got to see so many of my friends there and just so many people in the Christian world and just speakers and leaders. And it was just like such a blast. I just left feeling so refueled and back on mission. And I really enjoyed that. And um, for me now, it is a Monday. I'm overcoming a sickness. So um, if you hear me like sniffling or anything, that's probably why. But <clears throat> this past week was so bad. Like couldn't work out. I was bedridden for like the first three days of it. And then eventually I got over that and then had this annoying congestion and lingering cough. And I still feel like I have a little bit of congestion today. So if I sound a little extra, like 
nasally that's why but sickness is not fun um but yeah everything's been going really well you guys i'm about to as of today is um one month out from my book which is crazy so i'm about to be entering into a very crazy book season so if you guys don't know i wrote a book it is called becoming happy and healthy it's real life advice on friendship career dating and everything else you care about and really why I wrote this book is I get questions from you guys like we're doing a Q&A today I'm really excited but I get questions from you guys on navigating all the things I talk about in this book whether that's body image dating how to hear the voice of God how to make an adventure how to take care of yourself from the inside and out how to make better decisions how to have friendships how to read the word of God how to know God all these questions that I had to overcome and figure out, um, I give this to you guys as a simple guide of how to help you guys do this as well. And it's really the book that I needed when I was younger. In my younger 20s, I was quite a bit of a disaster and really was struggling in so many areas. All the areas that I wrote in this book, you guys will hear my story. Um, <clears throat> I needed this book when I was younger. And so they say, if there's not a book that you need, then write it, you know, write the book that you need. And so I wrote that. And now this book is going to help you guys out. Something that we're also doing right now, when you guys pre-order the book is you'll be getting the first chapter for free, as well as five devotionals that I personally wrote for you guys. So if you go to janinamopola.com slash pre-order, pre-order the book and enter your receipt number, you will automatically receive the uh, first chapter for free, which which is going to be a very beneficial chapter for you guys. And so go check that out. Those links will be down below. And my book comes out March 26th. It's coming soon. I will be doing, um, I'll be announcing this more later, but I will be doing a book signing in Dallas, April 6th. So make sure you guys mark your calendar for that. And then also I have an upcoming event here in Nashville on um, March 9th. So mark your calendars for that as well. I'm announcing that on my Instagram, I think today when you're listening to this episode. So just check out my Instagram for everything. And I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. We're going to be doing a Q&A because you guys have some questions. So I uh, want to answer a lot of these juicy tea questions that you guys asked me, um, whether we're talking about Botox or premarital sex or uh, modesty or red flags in friendship or what Caleb and I fight about. Whatever. You guys have some questions. Let's get into it. And I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you do, share it on Instagram and I will repost it and comment back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So you guys, I have a question for you. What is the first thing you would do if you had an extra day in your hour? Oh boy, do I wish I had an extra day in my hour. Would you go for a run, take a nap, read a book, show up for a friend? What would you do? Because a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And that's where therapy can come in. Therapy can help you find what matters most to you so you can do more of it. I have benefited so much from therapy in my life. I did it before we got married. I did it personally and then together with Caleb and even five years ago. And it is something I just highly recommend. And so whether or not you've been in therapy personally, I just feel like there's so many beneficial things just to help you, you know, navigate life's difficult things or coping ways or ways just to help you overcome struggles that you're facing. And so if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash happy healthy today to get 10% off your first month. That's better help h-e-l-p dot com slash happy healthy listen guys janine and i have been married for six months and the reason why it is a beautiful marriage it's because of thrive market thrive market thank you so much for sponsoring this episode we genuinely love you so much because of thrive market we're able to save so much time through ordering all our grocery and household essentials through the app or website uh, guys it's just a huge stress relief and you guys also know I have gut issues, like really, really, really bad. So finding you know food with top quality ingredients is super crucial for me. And Thrive Market not only does that, but they restrict a, over a thousand harmful ingredients like artificial flavors, high fructose corn syrup, and a lot more. 
And guys, when, if you're parents and you have, you need to find an organic kid snack, they have low sugar alternatives and high protein essentials. Jenny and I are also training for our marathon. So it is so beneficial that we can find all of our protein options and snacks through Thrive Market. And guys, save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash healthy for 30% off your order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash healthy thrivemarket.com slash healthy. Okay, so if you guys want to be featured in the next Q&A, I love to do these. So follow my Instagram, Janina Mopola, and I think we've got some good, juicy questions. I'm going to try to answer these as best as possible, as biblically as possible. Please don't get me in trouble. Some of these are, of course, just my opinion. I have to interrupt. Why? Uh, did you tell them about- I did, bussy. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Literally, my husband is hilarious. He cracks me up. Speaking of my husband, before we get into this, y'all, I've told you that he gets these night terrors, and he had one of the worst night terrors last night, and it freaked me out. First of all, I could not sleep last night. I was like literally up till two in the morning, just like lying there, and I was like, oh, I'm so annoyed. And he was like fast asleep because he drinks Beam every single night, which is like a little sleep supplement. And he tends to do this, but I mean, literally shoots up out of bed and he's like, ah, screaming. He's like, oh, oh my God. Oh. And I'm like, Caleb, what, what? And he literally is screaming. And then he was on the verge of crying. And so I have to like literally just hold him. Like I have to gently put him back down and I have to just hold him. And he was sweating. His heart was racing and he just seems so stressed in his sleep. And I was like, buddy, he doesn't really remember when he's doing these things. Um, but I literally just, I just like held him for like three minutes straight because he was so worked up and just like literally thought something was like going wrong. So that was kind of crazy. And then this morning I was like, do you remember doing that? And he remembered, he was like, that was horrible. And I was like, I know. And it's so scary. Like you literally think, someone broke in our house or he's dying every single time he does it. So don't recommend that. <laughs> anyway, what I was trying to say is I'm going to do my best to answer these. I am kind of answering these off the whim. So I'm sorry if I'm not having like certain well thought out methodical answers on these, but you know, we're not here for that. We're here for raw, authentic, unfiltered Janine content and my opinions. So cheers, you guys. Let's take a little sip. The first question is red flags in friendships. Okay. Off the top of my head, some things I can think of that would be considered a red flag is, of course, the classic. They're jealous and they're not happy for you. For example, like I had a friend yesterday tell me she put a ha- put an offer on a second house. She's getting a beach house somewhere. And this one, I mean, I had a small moment where I was like, dang, like I don't have a beach house. Like I can't afford a second house. And immediately I nipped it in the butt and I was like, you know what? No. I am so happy for her. Like I genuinely am so happy for her. So I feel like a friend that does not want to see you win, a friend that secretly hates you or that wants to belittle you or they talk bad about you, a friend that gossips about you is a, is a horrible poopy friend. Um, someone that excludes you or does not want to invite you to certain things. Like they only want certain people or certain things just for themselves. Like they don't want to see you win either. Um, they withhold information from you or good advice, or they secretly want to just see you fail. Bad friend, bad, bad, bad friend. <laughs> People that are not consistent for you, that do not show up for you, that do not have your best intention, um, that do not care truly about you. Like if you are going through heartbreak or your mom is sick or whatever, they're not there to show up. They're not checking up on you. They're not there to really, you know, um, pray for you and do things for you. Hey, I'm going to bring you some flowers. You need me to buy you groceries this week, whatever. Like that's a friend that just doesn't really care about you. Or maybe you guys aren't as close of friends, but regardless, those are some things I think just constitute for like a bad friend. Like they're just not supportive. They're not happy for you and they don't want to see you win. So let's just be mindful of that. That's the T. Emma asked me, how do you know when you're ready to start dating? So some things that I would think of that I would say you're ready to date is when you are ready for marriage. 
That's going to sound kind of dramatic because someone might be like, well, I'm 15 years old. What do I do? Well, I wouldn't really recommend dating at 15 years old because, okay, hear me out. Just hear me out, you guys. Dating without the intention of marriage is like grocery shopping without money. You get to the cash register, you have all your items and you get there and you're like, oh, actually, you know what? I don't have any money. I don't want to buy any of it. And the cashier's like, what? You just wasted my time and everyone else's and you had no intentions of buying these. And so why did we, why did you make me wait in line and check out all your seven inch all the information only for you just to leave and make me put, put everything back? That's kind of what dating is like if you're not really ready to get married. And so I know that sounds kind of dramatic and I, I you know I have a pastor that I know in my life who says that said that saying a lot. And I remember first being like, that's stupid, but it's actually really not because then you're kind of somewhat playing a game or if the other person's like ready to get married and they're ready to settle down and then you're not, and you're like, wait, Oh, I actually want to go travel the world or actually, sorry, I want to move away or I want to go to this college or whatever. And you don't really want to see the relationship through Mm, I just don't think it's the best. I just really, really don't. So knowing that if you're going to date, that comes with a lot of um, time and effort and emotions and arguing and conflict and someone else's heart and their feelings. And so are you a healthy enough to handle that? Are you in a good spot to handle that? Do you like who you are? Do you feel confident in who God made you to be? Do you know God for yourself? Do you feel like you are on a good path with yourself and you are confident um, by yourself and you don't need somebody. Yes, you may want somebody that's okay, but you don't need somebody to complete you. And you've dealt with your past. You've healed. Um, you're not still, you know, caught up on your ex or somebody else. Um, I would say those are some things, but really just knowing that like marriage is a serious deal. So if you're not really in a place where you can be getting married or you're in a place where you are ready to steward someone else's heart, heart and feelings and emotions and their family and the things that they're going through and time and energy because relationships take time. They take effort. They take so much stuff. So if you're not really ready to do that quite yet, then I don't know, maybe reconsider, but make sure that you're healthy, you're whole, and that you're not like still caught up on your ex or something. Okay. I love this question. How to react when someone judges you for your past when God has forgiven you? This is such a good question. And honestly, I get this so much. And here's the tea, you guys. In my book, I open up about a very um, traumatic situation I went through in college. A very hard, hard story that's very hard for me to talk about still to this day, actually. But you'll hear this story in my book. And you know, some people know about it. People judge me for it all the time. I mean, I, whenever I do these Q and A's, people bring it up. They say, I thought you were, I mean, I know you do this. I know you did this. Why don't you talk about it? Blah, blah, blah. I talk about it in my book. And so, um, when people constantly bring your past back up or try to hover your past over your head, they don't understand the full gospel. They don't understand that's not what God does because I believe in Romans, it says, as far as the East is from the West, so are your transgressions, which basically means like God does not remember your transgressions, your sins, your past, your struggles. He forgives us for them. And so hopefully A, you've forgiven yourself and B, you know, you forgive that person for misunderstanding you. But something in life that you just got to deal with and know is that we will be misunderstood. And not everyone is going to think the way that we do. We cannot expect people to react and respond the same way that we would. And so this is just the inevitable part of life is that people will do this. I don't know why, but they will. I would never want to hover someone's past over their head. So that sounds like A, that person has their own stuff they need to work on. And B, there's like this toxic side, I think, of people that they love to be like, oh, weren't you that girl? Or didn't you do this? Or isn't she the girl that da-da-da fill in the blank? And I actually talk about this in my book because like the woman at the well and James, or uh, I think it's in Luke 4, John 4, um, the woman at the well was a woman that had, you know, had multiple partners. She'd been married five times. The fifth guy that she was with, she was not even married to. She was just sleeping with him. And everybody knew her for the certain reputation, right? And so, Basically, in the story, Jesus goes out of his way to meet this woman at the well. He gets water. He offers her living water, which is himself. And he basically tells her her story and her past. He's like, hey, I know that you've been married five times and the man you're with right now is not your husband. And she's like, oh, 
she gasps. She's like, how did you know this? She's like, you must be a prophet. And he's like, well, I'm the Messiah. And he basically never judges this lady. He does not condemn her. He doesn't say, oh, like, look at your past. Like he tells her her future and her future looks bright. And he's encouraging her, hey, go and sin no more. Leave the past behind because the past is the past. You are forgiven. And really all that matters is if God has forgiven you, that's all you need. Like you don't have to prove yourself to any of these people. You don't need to tell them anything like whether they want to hover that or not doesn't matter because you're not the one that's getting them into, into heaven. They're not your salvation. They're not your redeemer. They're not your ultimate forgiver. And so for sometimes people just want to do this and it's, I think it's a problem in them. It's a heart posture that they need to work on. I would never want to go up to someone and be like, Oh, weren't you the girl that did that? That's just mean. Like nobody wants that. And it's so easy to point fingers and pick at someone else and their story and their past. But as soon as it comes back to them, doesn't feel so good, does it? You know what I mean? Because especially online, people can, you know, everyone's behind their usernames and their screens and whatever, and they can say whatever they want. And so everybody likes to hold something over your head or pick at you until it comes back to them. Like, Imagine if your life or your past was broadcasted online and everybody kept resurfacing it or trying to be like, oh, you did this or didn't you do this? If that was your life, I can guarantee you there's some things in your past that you wouldn't want everyone to um, blast over and over and over. So give people grace, give people mercy, give people the space to grow and to fail and to try again and get themselves back up. And so if someone says this to you, like a practical thing that you could say is, hey, I notice that you bring up my past a lot or you bring up something that I did in my past. That is not who I am anymore. It's called my past for a reason and God has forgiven me. I've forgiven me. I'm moving forward. I would really appreciate it if you could just not bring that up anymore. It's not beneficial and it doesn't make me feel good. And so could you please respect me just to not do that? And period. End of sentence. I think that should be enough to get them to just... And if it doesn't, mm, another sign that that's a bad friend. (laughs) When is the next Bible challenge? So we are actually doing um, John, Book of John for the month of March. I'm super excited. I've already been kind of like rereading it again. It is literally my favorite book in the Bible. It is the book that saved me. It got me to know the heart of God, know Jesus, Jesus's character. It's the most humanizing book of Jesus and I love it. So we're starting that March 1st, mark your calendars, Book of John, I'm going to post it out on my Instagram as well. And I think, yes, check it out. Okay, this question is sex before marriage or wait. And y'all already know what my answer is going to be, but my answer 100% is going to be wait. And the reason why I'm saying this, and again, when we were talking about like the past and people bringing stuff up like this, um, I'm someone that did not wait for marriage in my past. Unfortunately, this happened years, years, years ago, way back in college. It's been very, very long, but I've waited again since marriage. I waited again another seven plus years to have sex again to my now husband. And we waited for marriage, which was really tough, but I can just wholeheartedly say it is so worth it. You guys now, you know, going on the flip side where I didn't wait and it caused me so much confusion and insecurities and shame and guilt and staying longer in relationships that weren't good for me and just living a life that uh, that was just full of secrecy. I just, oh my gosh, I would never go back to that. I do not miss it. I don't recommend it. I'm not judging anybody that hasn't waited for marriage because you can't really judge me because like, A, we shouldn't be doing that pointing fingers at each other, but like, I can't judge you in the sense because I've also done it too. And I don't really regret many things in life because I never feel like you should regret anything because everything does amount to something and God teaches you something and uses it for something because now my story can be used to help other people that have probably been through the same things as me. But I'm never going to be one that's going to outright be like, yeah, just sex before marriage, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. I do think it's a big deal and I think it's dishonoring to the Lord. It's not God's plan. It's not God's best for us. Um, our desires of sex and intimacy are not wrong. They're just, how are you going to use them? And they are meant for the confines of marriage. It's meant to protect your relationship, to give you a blessed marriage, to be in a covenant, to be with your spouse. And so waiting again and doing it the right way with my now husband, oh my gosh, 
the feeling that you have when you can have sex and you're like, great, this is my husband. I will see him over and over and over again. And if I got pregnant, I'm not scared. I'm not worried. This is my person. I'm nothing to be ashamed of. Like there's so much just like fruit and joy in life, like living in the life being like, I have nothing to hide. This is my person. And it just being God honoring and in a covenantal protected marriage that's trying to just do our best to honor God. Oh my gosh, I wish I would have waited and I wish I didn't do that. But now that I didn't, I know on the other side, I see the difference where I'm like, wow, God, you lay out these things for a reason. They are for protection, for a betterment, to bless us. So I'm going to always encourage you guys, wait for marriage. And what I when I also want something I want to preface is just because you wait for marriage doesn't mean that your marriage is going to be more perfect or your sex life is going to be more perfect. You still are two people coming together to one to figure this out, chat through things, figure out your sex life, your routine, your whatever, like all the things. Like it doesn't mean it necessarily will be perfect just because you waited. Um, because I think a lot of people need to hear that. Doesn't mean that everything's gonna be amazing, but it's because it's just the truth. And I wanna be honest here. And so it's a lot of trial and error, things you have to figure out, but it's with your person. Like you guys know each other. It's you know each other's bodies. It's the only body you're gonna see for the rest of your life. And it should be fun and it's with your your best friend. You guys get to figure it out together. You get to communicate, you get to work on this together. So it shouldn't be this like scary, daunting thing. Like there's a better way. God has more for you and a godly relationship should have sex in marriage and God will bless that. And it may not come in exactly how you think, but God's still going to bless that. And I promise you, you'll see the fruit that that gives you and the the relief and the no, not all the shame and the guilt that that brings you. So just trust me, take it from me, someone who did it wrong the first time, wait again. It's never too late to make a new choice or start over or to do it again. Like you're not too far gone. You can start again today. And this is my encouragement to you. Okay. Someone asked me about modesty and swimwear. Oh my gosh. Modesty is such a hard topic to talk about because there is such a stigma around this and there is a fear from people when they hear this word because of maybe triggers from church or church camp or something that someone made you feel or a pastor or whatever the case may be for you. Um, but I am a proponent of modesty. And I think that word, you know, is something that people are just like, ugh, like they cringe when they hear the word modesty and modesty does not mean like, in my opinion, modesty doesn't mean that you are dressing boring. Modesty does not mean that you have to wear a turtleneck and a long denim skirt or a long dress that doesn't show any ounce of your figure. It can be that if that is totally what you want to do. And I am all about that, but it doesn't mean that modesty means you lack style or taste, or you're just like, I'm a boring person. Like modesty doesn't mean that you can't be trendy and like to shop still or have style or anything like that. And so I think a lot of people just kind of are like they get in their head of like, oh, modesty means I have to cover up from head to toe and it's boring and all these things. And I'm just like, no, like that's not exactly what it means. And so I just want to read really fast what the Bible says about modesty. And I'll give some other thoughts on this. So first Timothy two says, um, in chapter eight, um, I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise, also the women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. So basically why I like this, why I wanted to bring this Bible verse up is that it's basically, again, talking about how our bodies and our clothing can be distracting. You don't have to necessarily be ashamed of your body, especially maybe if you're a naturally more curvy girl or God bless you with some bigger chest, a bigger chest than others or whatever. Like, I'm not saying that you need to be like, oh my gosh, God, why did you give me this body? I'm more curvy or whatever. Maybe you're not curvy. I'm not saying be ashamed of your body, but that body was meant to be used for God's glory, to represent God, to be for your husband, for your husband's eyes only. And y'all have got to know, like there are some creepy, freaky people on the internet that would love for you to just freely show your goodies for their benefit. They can go to your Instagram and they can look at your pictures and they can do whatever the heck they want to your photos. And I know I'm being brass here, but it's because I think the word's crass because, um, because there's real creepy people out there. And I know there's the classic argument where 
you know, people are like, well, that's their, that's their problem. Like I should be able to do whatever I want and they need to work on their own crap. And you're absolutely right. Like men need to work on their own crap. Completely agree. They've got to work on their self-control, but also as women, as sisters in Christ, we should also not encourage them to stumble more. Like we should help brothers in Christ or help our people that we know in our lives that maybe struggle with lust because men are more naturally visually driven. It's just period. I asked my husband about this the other day and he was like, yes, men are visually driven. And so why not be someone that helps them out and also not offer, you know, your body to them for free? Like why should a random dude online get access to your body, which is a temple, which is so sacred, which is so valuable, so worthy, so beautiful. Why should he get access to your body for free? when that is meant for one man and one man only, and that is your husband. And so modesty doesn't mean that you have to just be all covered up. It's just about really just hiding those parts that might be tempting or something that, you know, may cause someone to stumble, but also to where it can reveal more of your heart and your character and your personality to where your body isn't necessarily distracting or maybe confusing to someone that's like, well, you know, as a Christian, I'm confused why if she's a Christian, she is showing, you know, all this skin and all this stuff. Like whether you want to admit it or not, it would be confusing if we were professing like this is saying, like professing women of God. We, if we profess godliness and we're like, man, I'm such a godly woman. And then online we're squeezing our booty cheeks in a super tiny bikini, itsy bitsy teeny weeny bikini online. And we're purposely doing that so we can flaunt or try to get someone to, um, you know, like our photos or affirm us. And so it just would be confusing. Like if you guys be honest with yourselves, if I was on this podcast and if I'm speaking on stages and I'm writing a Christian book, if I was online squishing my boobs or showing all my goodies that the Lord blessed me with, you would probably be like, this is so confusing. You know what I mean? So you don't want to be confusing to people. If you're professing Christianity, dressing in a way that honors God is going to help use your body as a means for the gospel because that way people aren't talking to you and you're talking about Jesus and they're just looking straight at your cleavage. Um, so you've just got to come to this conclusion on your own. You've got to pray about this on your own. And I think a lot of us are on our own journeys. And so a lot of people can be very cringed out by this or like, Oh my gosh, she's trying to tell me what to do with my body. And I, I get it. Nobody wants to be told what to do, but again, I'm trying to look out for you guys. And I want you to pray about this because if you were honest with yourself and you were posting online and you're posting photos and you're showing off whatever, ask yourself, okay, why am I doing this? And and usually if you really break this down and you ask yourself the honest truth, it's probably because you want affirmation or you want a guy to see it or you want a guy to like you or you want a guy to affirm you or you want someone to see something and affirm you in that. Like, let's be just straight up honest. Cause I know for me, when I was posting bikini pictures and I was posting some booty shots and I was, you know, squatting in the gym and showing all these sorts of things on my body. I can think of two guys specific where I was trying to impress so badly. And I'm like, why, why am I doing that? You know? And if you were honest with yourself, just that's usually why, because we're trying to gain affirmation from people and guys. And I don't feel like that should be where we get it. We've got to know ourselves at first. God loves us. And I don't need a man to affirm me for me to know that I'm beautiful, that I'm worthy, that I'm chosen. Like you've, that's why it's got to start with identity and you. And so ask yourself those tough questions and let the Lord be the one that convicts you. Like it says in the Bible that it is God's love and kindness that leads men to repentance. So whether you hear this and you feel condemned by me, I hope I don't, you know, hope I don't sound like I'm condemning you. But if you feel condemned or you feel like, oh my gosh, she's annoying. She's trying to tell me what to do. Just pray about it. Pray about your intentions. If you were honest with yourself, journal through it. Before you post, ask yourself, why am I posting this? And I really think that modesty is a means to protect yourself from the wrong people and bring in the right people. Because the right men, the right godly guys aren't going to want a woman that's, you know, squishing her boobies online. I'm not saying you're outright doing that, but just a godly man usually wants someone that is a little bit less revealing because he wants your body to be his body only. And I'm not saying he's this controlling, protective, whatever, like it's my body. Please hear me out. I know this is a very iffy conversation. I'm trying to handle this with grace, but a good godly man also shouldn't be attracted to that. And so I'm not saying you're doing things just for a man, but if you are single or you're married, like you want to 
have your body be a representation of Christ and reflect Christ and be honoring and respectful for your husband too, because you are a representation of your spouse as well and vice versa. He is for you too. And so I think modesty you know, gets rid of the, the crusty, lustful kind of perverted, creepy men. And it brings in good godly men that are there for your character and your heart and who you are as a woman, because as a woman, we have so much more to offer than just our bodies. Like we are so much more than just our bodies. So our heart and our character and who we are and the things that we offer should be so much more interesting and so much more important than just what size bra we're wearing. And so I am not here to condemn you if you have bigger chest, smaller chest. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying be ashamed of that, but I'm saying how you steward that, how you dress, how you lure people in or don't lure them in. It really matters. And I just don't want us to be women that are confusing. We're professing one way and then we're dressing another. It just can be confusing. And so I pray that if you're struggling with this, pray about it and ask God. And I had recently someone in my life that I I challenged her in this and she said, you know, you're absolutely right. Like, thank you for challenging me in this. And she's now reconsidering what she's posting because she admitted it to herself. She's like, I was posting that because I wanted attention from, from men online. And I'm not saying, you know, only do things because of men, but do them because you respect yourself and because you're a woman of strength and dignity, dignity, like it says in Proverbs 31, that like strength and dignity are your clothing. Like that is your honor. It's not, you know, like, all the things um, that you're showing online, like that's not how we gain di- dignity and respect. So dressing, um, dressing modestly doesn't have to be boring. You can still follow the trends. It's still fun. I still like to shop. There's so much clothing you can still wear, you guys. Like I'm not even limiting. I'm not saying you can only wear a certain thing. So have fun with it, but just check your heart posture. I really think it's a matter of our hearts and making sure that our character is the most important thing about us. And it's not saying that being beautiful is bad or having a, a voluptuous body is bad. It's just, what will you do with that body? How will you use it? And will your body be a temple that glorifies God? And so I hope that's not taken wrong. I um, I don't know. I might listen to this back and be like, oop. But let me know your thoughts in the comments down below about modesty. Um, but I really just think it repels the wrong people and brings in the right kind of men and just people in general. Okay, so this is something that someone wanted me to address, and I would love to address it because I would love to reclarify this for anyone wondering. So this person says to me, um, I'm confused on how genuine you really are. You said you were content single, but then you cried about it on July 4th. So this is really funny, and I just feel like (laughs) that's just an interesting comment, but I would rather clarify it for you guys. So what I mean by that is I feel like if you are a single Christian, I feel like the feeling between desiring marriage and still being content in singleness can very much both coexist. I feel like you could be in this season of like, you know what, God, I like myself. I like who you made me to be. I love you. I love my time with you. I'm with my friends. I'm traveling. I'm pursuing my dreams, my careers, whatever. Like you're content, but desiring marriage still at the same time. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of where I was at. And around this time, I talked about this where, you know, I had gone through a breakup about a month previously. That was really hard. I really thought I was going to be single for like a really, really long time. I was 28 and a half. I was like, dang, like I'm getting married later in life than I was expecting. I thought I'd be married at honestly 30, which is fine if you do. Like, please hear me out. It's totally fine if you do. But for me, it was like, again, that that, that uh, self-made timeline in my head where I was like, I need to be married by this date. And so I think at this time, I was just like really grieving the idea of marriage because I thought I was going to be getting married um, to that person. And so I was sad at that. And I was also sad because also around this time, uh, my best friend, her husband told me like, hey, I'm about to propose to her. And so it was like really hard for me at that time because I was like, wow, I'm going to be single for a very long time. My best friend's going into marriage. She's getting the thing that I wanted. And this was really hard for me. I'm going to be single for a while. I mean, I didn't even know Caleb existed. So I really was like, like, God, what the heck? And also at this time, like July 2nd, I remember telling God, like, God, I just don't want to, I don't want to seek this anymore. I don't want to make things happen in my own timing, my own way, just because I want to be married. And so I told the Lord, like, I don't want to settle. God, I want to wait for your best. I want to be single. If that's what you want me to do, if you think me being single is best, then I will be single. And so I was content in that, in that, um, capacity in the sense where I was like, I'm willing to be single, God. Like, I really, truly want what's best. And I was pretty much planning on, like, traveling more, working, like, maybe moving again for, like, a summer or whatever. Like, I was kind of, like, dope. 
I'm going to go see the world. And so in that sense, I was content. I was content and just like, God, I'm not going to search. It's me and you. We're back to doing this and I'll be okay. Cause I just trusted the Lord so much that he had my spouse in his hands. But July 4th specifically, that was the day when um, I was told that, you know, my best friend would be getting engaged soon. And I remember just processing feelings of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be single forever, which I obviously does just a dramatic statement. I talk about this in my book. Um, and so I feel like the feeling can coexist where you can still be content and also be sad. I think that'd be a lie and kind of dismissive to any single girl out there that feels that way that, you know, you're not allowed to be like, I think that's a lie is to tell someone, oh, you're not content because you want a husband. It's like, yeah, of course they want a husband. Duh, they want a husband. I think you can very much live in the between of both of those. And it doesn't mean that you're, you know, dishonest or that you're ungenuine. I think it just is like, yeah, I'm single. I'm content. I'm happy, but I also would love to be married. And then of course, July 4th was eventually when I saw Caleb that day. So yes, I was crying, but then I met Caleb that day. We actually didn't meet. We just saw each other that day. So there's more to that, of course. Uh, but that was really what that feeling was, was like, I am okay with being single. I'm prepared to be single. And God, I truly want to wait on your timing when you want this person to happen for me. And I want that to be y'all's prayer too. And then I was also sad because I was like, man, like this is tough. I was going through a heartbreak. I was, I was like, it was tough. You know what I mean? So that's why I was going through that. Okay. Someone wanted to know, which a lot of you guys were asking me about Botox. And this is just kind of, um, an interesting conversation because this can kind of go into the whole kind of conversation of should we change ourselves? Shouldn't we just be happy the way God made us? And I don't have all the answers to this. Um, to be transparent, so I have gotten Botox several times and I have not gotten it since my wedding. And I don't know if it's something I want to continue to do just because I'm seeing, you know, the dangers of it possibly or long-term effects or just the way it may look you may make you look when you get older. And I don't know if it's something I want to upkeep. I'm not very super anti-Botox. Um, because like faith related reasons. So I don't think it's the worst thing, but I do feel like, again, everything is a heart posture in our intentions. I feel like a lot of people get obsessed with it or addicted. Or they get reliant upon it, or they're like thinking that Botox is going to solve all their problems. And it's just not, I think with anything in life, we have to be able to ask ourselves, can I let it go? Like, is this an addiction for me? Or if God asked me to surrender this or give this up, like, could I do that? And I think same thing with Botox. We should be asking ourselves, can I do that? And do I feel like I need this to feel beautiful or feel confident or feel secure? For me, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like I need Botox. So I got Botox like in my forehead and in my masters. And I really am glad I got it in my masters at least because it made my face slimmer. But not only that, I have the worst problem grinding my teeth. Like I catch myself doing it all the time. Y'all should see my retainer. I have the thickest night guard. It is the most disgusting night guard. Like Caleb literally hates it because it is so thick and it's yellow and it's disgusting. I need to get a new one, but it's so thick because I grind my teeth that much. And so I got master Botox to help relieve um, the muscles from constantly swelling up and me grinding my teeth. It relaxes me from doing that and it genuinely has helped. So even for just like medical reasons, I got master Botox and it's something I will probably continue to upkeep. But for now, I don't wildly have an opinion on Botox. I just don't know if I like the way it always makes people look down the road. Like people look a little weird with it and you'd have no facial expressions and I kind of want to have facial expressions. And so with anything, pray about it. Make sure you can, you know, take away, take it away or step away from it if you needed to. And just don't do it overboard. Like if you want to get a little bit, I understand, but just don't do it overboard. And so I'm not even promoting Botox necessarily. I'm not being like, yeah, go get it. But if you were to get it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think you're like a sinner or like the worst person ever. I mean, I know tons of Christian women that have it and I don't look at them like, oh my gosh, you suck. I can't believe you did that. You know what I mean? So, okay. I love this next question. And it's something I feel like a lot of people have to navigate. So she said advice for handling a bachelorette party with girls who drink a lot and you don't. And I feel like this just happened so much. So I really think the best way to do this is to communicate with the bride and tell the bride, hey, I just want to give you a heads up. I don't want to be drinking. I'm not going to go out. If this is something you're going to do, just letting you know ahead of time. So maybe your feelings aren't hurt or you're not disappointed in me. Um, I won't be joining you or I'll be staying back. Or if you like outright have maybe like an alcohol problem or an addiction or something, not putting yourself in those environments is going to be helpful. And so even if like maybe, for example, they're drinking the whole weekend, maybe ask yourself like, is this a good environment for me at all to be in. Only you can really assess that. So I would talk to the bride and let her know 
ahead of time. And if she's a good friend and a loyal friend and someone that's understanding, she should understand. Like, obviously, a good friend should not want to put you in harm's way either if this is something that you're really struggling with. And so letting her know ahead of time, um, hey, I will not be joining you at the bars or, hey, I'm not going to drink or if you if you see me not drinking, this is why. Or, or maybe there's another girl that doesn't drink. You guys can stick together and kind of be like, hey, let's watch out for each other. Let's help each other out. And so it's this is such a real problem that a lot of us face today. And so just let the bride know and then also just assess for yourself like, is this an environment I should be in at all? Is this something that I really think God would find beneficial for me? And if you think you can go there and you can be fine and handle it, then great. But maybe if it, maybe it's like, hey, I'll only have one drink and that's it. Or if you don't want to drink at all, drinking something else like a Sprite or a lemonade or whatever. And um, if anyone wants to bother you or make you feel bad, that's just messed up. Like nobody should make you feel like that. But I definitely say communication with the bride is going to be the most important thing. Someone said, how do you find godly friends? So I have an entire chapter dedicated to this. I know I'm gonna keep saying this, you guys. I'm sorry, but it's because again, like I said, all the questions you ask me are in this book. I have so many different chapters on friendship and on dating and sex before marriage and confidence and body image and job and career and money and so many different things. So check it out, you guys. Remember, the link is down below. Okay, the last question that I want to address, and then we're going to close out. I'm going to do a Reddit on Reddit. We're going to end this out, and then I need to go below my nose. If you guys can hear, it's like so stuffy. The last question is, how do you feel about promoting materialism? And I get this question a lot, actually. So what's really difficult about my job is that I am I am an influencer, and I love to find deals for you guys, and I love to find clothing and sales and stuff. And so people think I'm promoting materialism, which is just interesting. But what's hard is like, we're all already wearing clothing. Like you're wearing clothing right now. You're wearing makeup on your face right now. So why not from my end, help you find the deals, help you find what's new and what's latest and greatest and trending and help you find stuff that is on sale and some deals or some Amazon things that are cheaper, some dupes, whatever. That's the way I see it. But if you guys follow me, I don't post Amazon stuff every single day. Like I'll post like my weekly finds or occasionally I'll post links to you guys because you guys also ask me all the time. You ask me what jeans I wear, whatever I wear, like what top am I wearing? So of course I want to help you guys out because that is part of my job is helping you find products and helping you find clothing. And I love it. Like I love fashion. And so I think just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you can't like fashion. But of course, nothing in excess. Like if you guys, I know you guys may not believe me. I do not shop nearly as much as you think I do. Like I swear in my life. Also, I get PR brands that send me stuff, which I'm very thankful for. Um, but I also do fashion pass. So I rent clothing a lot and I really try not to just waste money. And I buy things for mainly certain vacations or events coming up. But if I do shop, it's like one and done. I'll go get a ton of stuff and then I'll be done. And I don't shop for like a while. So I swear you guys probably think I shop way more than I do. And I really, really do not. Whenever I post links, it's because I'm posting links from like what I already own or things I bought months and months and months ago, which I'm very big on buying staple pieces, reusable pieces, pieces that you invest in so you can keep them long-term. So you don't have to shop too much. So I never want to over promote you know, this overconsumption or materialism, because I know there's people out there, their pages overwhelm me because every single page is Amazon, 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 Amazon. And I'm like, I get so overwhelmed because I feel like, oh my gosh, I need to purchase that when I don't. And so I only try to purchase things I genuinely use. I genuinely wear things. I really recommend things that I find. And I'm like sharing with you guys, but I never want to over promote things just for you just to buy them. You know what I mean? So to me, Maybe that you considered materialism, but like I'm trying to help you guys because it is part of my job and my page and I love to help you guys find deals. And people ask me all the time. They're like, please post links for bridal wear, for vacation outfits, for bachelor out, uh, bachelorette outfits. So part of my page is providing value to you guys. And so that's probably why people are like, oh, it's promoting materialism. But I promise you guys, I don't shop as much as you think I do. I'm not always over posting shopping links. If you follow me, you don't see them every single day because I do want to be mindful of that. So there's my thoughts. It's like, I want to help people because everyone is shopping already and people are wearing clothing already. So why not help them out? But I'm never against like renting clothing and donating clothing and donating to women's shelters and also buying secondhand. Like I'm not above, I'm so not above like Goodwill or secondhand stores like Buffalo Exchange. So just hear my heart there. And I hope that makes sense.
All right, you guys, those were all the questions. I hope you guys enjoyed the question segment thus far. I just went to do nasal spray because my nose was literally struggling so badly. Um, okay, so for the last portion of today's podcast, we are going to be doing Reddit on Reddit. And today is a good one, you guys. Okay, it's pretty crazy. Y'all, Reddit is wild. I don't ever just casually like scroll on this thing because it's a little too cray cray for me. But the stories on here, they got some tea. Okay. My boyfriend still sends gifts to his ex-girlfriend for her birthday. Am I unreasonable because I am not okay with it? They claim they've become best friends since the breakup four years ago and I've tried my best to accept it, but it's just weird, man. Me and my boyfriend have been together for a year now and she's always been in the background making me uncomfortable. She used to still share accounts with him like Netflix, Amazon, and now, which now I pay half while she still didn't pay anything. Since I told him it's unacceptable to me, he said he removed her from the accounts, but I still had to manually go and delete her profiles because I was, I was sick of seeing her name everywhere. I also told him I'm not comfortable with her calling him in the evenings and I have to sit there and listen to them talk or that she sends him Christmas gifts and I have to live in my own home with stuff from her scattered around the house. Since I told him, he promised no more calls with her and no more gifts. Cut to today, I log into her Amazon to get some bits for the house, and I see that I'm being recommended dog products. Guess who has a dog? The ex. And I know it's her birthday soon. I want to confront him and ask him if he sent her a gift too, if he sent her a gift, but part of me thinks I'm making too much of a faff about it. What do you think? Oh my gosh. If this were me, done. Bye-bye. You're in love with your ex still. You're crazy. You're still somewhat cheating on me. And there's some tie still here. This girl, she knows. Like, you know. You know that if he really, truly loved you and he was over this girl, he would cut off all communication. He would block her. He would be done. It'd be dunsies. But that's crazy to me. Crazy town. She's not crazy. I don't think that. I think there's something fishy going on here. Very curious what you guys think. And so she's like, am I unreasonable? No, girl, you're not unreasonable. You're sharing your man with another girl. You're sharing your man still with your ex. Like, let's be honest. A part of his heart is still with her. And the fact that he can't let it fully go is a little interesting. And so I think if my husband, he's right here recording me, if he still sent gifts to his ex, oh, we would have a talk. We would, there would be some things happening. Like you, I don't even, I don't want to say it. It'd be bad. It'd be bad. Um, and so, no, I don't think this girl is crazy or, or unreasonable. I think her intuition is right. She's like, what is going on? No, who wants to share their boyfriend with their ex-girlfriend? Absolutely not. It's an ex for a reason. <sighs> That's my soapbox for today. Anyway, you guys, thank you for listening to today's episode of Happy and Healthy. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you guys again soon for another episode of Happy and Healthy. Excuse me, I had a burp. Are we surprised? All the links will be down below. The Patreon, the book link. Make sure you guys pre-order it. Get those five free devotionals in the first chapter for free. It comes out in one month. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I really genuinely wholeheartedly believe this book is going to bless you. I pray this podcast blesses you. If it does, please share it on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram, Happy and Healthy Podcast. And my name is Janina Mapola. Love you guys. I'll see you next Tuesday for another episode. And until then, stay happy and healthy. Bye, guys.